ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Tuesday, July 21st. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We've got a lot to get into this afternoon. We've got a couple of watch nominees for Marshall football players. We're going to talk about that. We also are going to dive into the continuing saga of are we going to have sports this fall, or at least are we going to have college football this fall. In New York, Governor Cuomo acting today, not preventing sports, but definitely putting a major stipulation on sports in the state of New York, so we'll talk about that. Of course, we've got our poll question that's on my Twitter account right now, at Paul Swan. That's the best way to get a hold of me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. We asked this question yesterday. If Conference USA would go to a conference-only schedule for football, but let's say they have a plus-one formula where we're going to allow conference matchups only, but there's going to be a plus one. And Marshall's got four non-conference games. So which game does Marshall keep? Poll results right now, and you've got about 30 minutes to vote. East Carolina, Pittsburgh, Ohio, and Boise State. It's close. 412 votes right now. And East Carolina, I thought, might be the winner. It was going to be close, but they lead... At various times of the day, right now they're not. 29%. And that's with 30 minutes to go. Pittsburgh has 24% of the vote. Boise State has 36% of the vote. And Ohio, 11% of the vote. So that's where it stands right now. You've got about 30 minutes to vote. You can join the conversation on Twitter at Paul Swan. We've got some good responses to the question One was um, ECU because of the significance and 50th anniversary plans in place. One reply was Boise State or Pitt. I'll take a home game over a road game. One reply was the irony here is that our two games requiring the least amount of total travel by any team and half of our six smallest travel footprint games are out-of-conference games. Uh, one reply, and this was a conversation I was going on, need the revenue. So Boise State, plus Marshall can't afford the buyouts, and someone replied to them, beat me to it, uh, buyouts are non-existent in COVID. I don't know how the buyout situation would be in a situation like this, but I'm pretty sure that it would be something you could work out. I think what's going to happen is these games are going to get rescheduled, if that's the case. We still don't know what's going to happen, though, because the league could mandate, Conference USA could mandate, look, only conference games. The other leagues could beat Conference USA to it and say only conference games. I think what right now we're waiting for the SEC, for the most part, the SEC, ACC, SEC. I don't think what the Big 12 does is going to matter as much in the grand scheme of things. For example, if 
the Big 12 comes out and says, we're all going to play conference games. I don't think that's going to have a seismic shift the way the SEC and the ACC would have if those leagues would come out and say, only conference games. And we're just waiting right now. And that's put a lot of things on hold. A lot of plans are up in the air. But that's our Twitter question right now. And you can find it on Twitter. At Paul Swan is my account. And I uh, look forward to seeing what the final results are. 30-some minutes ago. It's uh, been a good question so far. We'll come up with another one to follow this one. I don't know if we can come up with a good question to follow this one. This is pretty good so far. All right. Um, good news today for Marshall. With college football season right now, we, we just don't know what's going to happen, but there are still watch lists. And the Football Writers Association of America coming out with a couple of lists today. Now, first of all, the Writers Association works with the Charlotte Touchdown Club for the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, which selects defensive standouts. 98 were selected from 66 schools in all 10 Division I FBS conferences. And Tavante Beckett on the list. So he is now someone to watch for the Bronco Nagurski Trophy. How the new college football landscape is going to look and how that impacts how we look at these athletes. If he has an amazing conference season, will that merit him enough votes and consideration? Well, let's just hope he has an amazing college football season because that means we're talking about having a college football season. And then... The Outland Trophy comes out with its list, again, presented by the Football Writers Association of America. This recognizes interior linemen, representing, again, all to 10 Division I FBS conferences and the independents that are out there. This is the 75th anniversary season for the Outland Trophy. And on the list, my guy, Kane Matt. I have to have a new guy. Um, Levi Brown's gone. I need a new guy. So Kane Madden now is my guy. Till further notice. This is football. It's, this is football only. Basketball is completely different. Tavion's my guy. In ba- well, actually, Jared's my guy in basketball. Tavion's a close second. But in football, Kane Madden's my guy now. So he is on the Outland Trophy watch list. Hey, we need to go down the list. Roster, everyone's coming back. I'm going to designate the 2020 my guy. That might be an award. <laughs> that might be my own personal at the end of the year award. And the my guy award goes to Kane Madden. Actually, if I could get some get some money, you know, put together like a little Kickstarter, you know what we could do? We could have like a scholarship. We could have like a donation every year. Donation to the Big Green. I could have maybe a Marshall Player of the Year. We will put this in the hopper here. We'll cook this one a little further. Wouldn't that be cool? We could have like a, a, a yearly award, which because I can't just give the I can't give these guys anything. I mean, I could give them an award, but I can't you know give them something substantial. So we could put money in the scholarship fund. That would you know what if we could get some you know we make that happen. You know who might be on this program a lot more if I can make more financial contributions to the Big Green? Mike Hamrick. I mean, that's who we're shooting for here. We're shooting for Mike Hamrick here. 
you know, here's a check, Mr. Hamrick. How are you doing today? I mean, trust me, he would be right here on this show if I had a check presentation, a, a good one. So um, we might have to kickstart this thing. I might have to actually put together something on this. Um, you know, I am friends with the uh, the fine folks who help uh, run the Ladderman Scholarship. Ted Wilson, I mean, we'll just add to his plate. We can add to his plate. Steve Chapman, we can add to his plate as well. Okay, I'm going to have to come up with something here. That's um, that's that's going to happen. We're going to come up with something on that. All right, uh, we have got plenty to get into. We'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got the poll that's still going on right now, and we've got about 30 minutes, give or take, on that. We'll have the final results. It's on Twitter right now, at Paul Swan. If Conference USA goes to a conference-only schedule for football, with the exception of one non-conference game, which one do you keep? East Carolina, Pittsburgh, Ohio, or Boise State? Right now, Boise State's in the lead. If you think that's wrong, you have got time to vote. More on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So we're getting closer to the start of sports in many leagues, the NHL and their host cities, the NBA, their bubble, of course, baseball. Already we've had some exhibition games, and it's going to ramp up here Thursday night. It's going to be the official start of the Major League Baseball season. The NFL, we have uh, got the word that preseason games are done. No preseason games. So I don't know what football is going to look like once they get back on the field, but there will not be any preseason games. So that pushes the line back a little bit for the NFL. Again, I mean, ultimately, the NFL has had the most time to get ready for this. I don't know if I feel good about where they're at right now. But the preseason games, those are going to be done. I don't know if that's going to um, be something that we're going to look at here and think after we don't have them, oh, hey, maybe you shouldn't have those. Let's be honest. I watch them for a little bit, and that's it. I don't think too many people are watching the preseason games. But we get into game one, and, and it means something. That's going to be pretty fantastic. But at least in the state of New York now, of course, this um, this follows New Jersey basically coming out and saying, look, no fans, no fans this year. So the Giants, the Jets, since they do play in New Jersey, they won't have fans. And colleges and universities in New York can play football and other sports this fall. But according to the state of New York and Governor Andrew Cuomo, they will have to do so without fans in the stands because of the pandemic. And this comes from an order issued today from the governor. Fanless, the game can go on. The game can be televised, but no fans, Cuomo said during a conference call with reporters. And um, I think this is going to be the first domino. You're going to see more states come out. I don't know if you're going to see states like West Virginia come out and say that. I'm serious. I don't know if Governor Justice would, would agree to that. But at least in New York, where 
They're trying to get a better handle on the situation, unlike uh, some of the other states. Because New York was a hot spot, and they learned their lessons quickly. But fanless, the games can go on. Now, there will be a handful of FCS programs that will be impacted. That means also Army, Buffalo, Syracuse, if their seasons are played. We don't know if it's going to impact college basketball games and holiday tournaments. Because you've got some big games. You've got some big tournaments. You've got the 2K Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden. You've got the Legends Classic at the Barclays Center. Those are all coming up in November. Does that carry over to those events? Will you see an order come down and say, look, you can't have those events with fans either? So these are going to be television events, and that's what we're coming down to. So college football, no fans for fall college sports in the state of New York. Does that mean we're going to see other states come out soon and say, look, that's how we're going to do this? If we have these seasons, you can do so without the fans. And it's going to make it easier on athletic departments and athletic directors if the order comes down from the state, if this is state-mandated. If it comes down that West Virginia, Marshall can't have fans, and it's an order from the governor. I'm not saying that Mike Hamrick is looking for a scapegoat here, but all of a sudden he's not the bad guy. He's not the one telling you, hey, I've made the decision. Eh, Same thing for Shane Lyons. He's not the one telling you, hey, I've made the decision. The decision will be made for them, and it will come down from the governor. If it happens, you could see that. And that means we might have situations where maybe Marshall will be allowed fans, but not many. And maybe we'll have what games that Marshall can play if they get to play some of them or if they get to play all of them if these games are allowed to have fans. And can you imagine Marshall is allowed to play non-conference games? Conference decides, hey, we're going to go ahead and do this. And Boise State's allowed to travel to play the game. So Boise State comes in, no fans. It's going to be a television event. That's going to that's going to drive a lot of fans nuts because here's Boise State, big game coming into Huntington, and you're really not going to get to reap the reward and benefit of having that game. And think about the economic impact here. You know, it, it's a health issue, but there's an economic impact. A a stimulus. When Marshall has a home game, there is a stimulus to the economy. And if Pittsburgh comes in to Huntington and there are no fans, it's a television game. What's the major stimulus to the region, the economy for Pittsburgh? There's no ancillary money being made here. There's no hotel rooms uh, with fans. There's uh, no secondary and, and tertiary things that are being sold, tailgating, all of that. People hanging out, getting getting a hamburger, pizza, shopping, you know, all of that. That gets impacted here. But you get the game, and it's going to be on television. And so that makes the television broadcast a lot more important. And there's no sense in playing this if it's not going to be on television for a, a degree. I mean, you, you ultimately you play it. You will have it on television. There will be a television media outlet for these games. If it's not... At ESPN, if it's not one of the other partners, it's probably going to be ESPN Plus for many of the games. That's going to be the only way you get to see the game. It'll be ESPN Plus. Or hopefully 
these games will be on some of the other outlets, and maybe you don't have to go through that that hoop, that hurdle to get the game. And of course, remember when West Virginia started having games on ESPN Plus, and Shelly Moore Capito. I don't want to say she lost it, but she. Well, what are you doing? Hey, welcome to our world. What? Hey, Senator, remember the other constituents you represent? Hey, that's happening to them too. Welcome to our world. Actually, I like ESPN+. Plus. And again, I'm going to be honest with you. Internet's better in Huntington than it is in other parts of the state of West Virginia. I'm not saying it's great, but I'm saying it's better than other parts of the state of the West Virginia is here. It's much better. We have broadband. There's broadband access. There is also access to DSL, 5G's coming. You know, we can we can get our, our our games on the phone here. There's complete access to these things, and and so it's not a hardship. It's not that hard to get the game on ESPN Plus than it is in other parts of the state because for a lot of people, cable's the only thing they're really getting. For some others, uh, you know, they do have satellite, they have direct TV, maybe Dish Network. But broadband is not as prominent in the state of West Virginia. So I can understand where she was coming from. But at the same time, this might be where the games are going. If there are games, there could be a lot of these games shifted to platforms like that. Or if the schedule is pretty thin, maybe that's going to open it up. If Marshall's playing and there are other schools that are not, maybe, okay, we have a programming hole. Here we are. Hey, can you move your game to Friday? Can you do that? Can you play a Friday game? Can you play a Thursday game? Can you do that? We'll put it on. We'll put it on the big TV here if you do that for us. I mean, that could be a possibility here. And I don't know ultimately if that's going to happen, but those are the possibilities you have to look at here because, again, these are going to possibly be fanless games. No fans. And already in New York, no fans. No fans for college sports. And does that carry over to basketball as well? Because a lot of those games are going to be on platforms like ESPN+, digital streaming. A lot of those games are going to be there. So that's where we're at right now. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if the, the edict comes down, the, the, the executive order comes down, okay, West Virginia, Marshall, you can play. If, if it's safe, you can play. But no fans. Could you imagine... If that happened in Ohio, okay, Ohio State, you can play, no fans. If that happened in Kentucky, okay, Kentucky, okay, Louisville, you can play, no fans. Same thing with Virginia. What if that happened there? California, all the other states, if the orders start coming down, okay, you can play if you think you can do it. We're going to trust. We're going to trust you're doing everything right here, but no fans. And that's how you can do this because you've got to deal with everything else. And, and there's a lot you still have to deal with. And we'll talk about that because, unfortunately, if you saw the news, you, you've been following it, WVU had 28 players testing positive for COVID-19. How does that impact the season? Because if it could happen now, it could happen later. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the testing because testing is going to be a big, big reason why this succeeds or fails. And 
there's some maybe some criticism of what the NCAA is suggesting, the, the sort of the plan that's maybe been put out there. Maybe not the best plan, best method for handling college football. We'll talk about it, and we'll get your phone calls in. Plus, don't forget, we've got the poll question on my Twitter page. That's right. It's wrapping up real soon. You've got maybe 10 minutes to get to Twitter and vote. And right now, it looks like Boise State's the game you might want the most. It could change, and it could change drastically. You've got 10 minutes to vote on Twitter. At Paul Swan is where you vote. If Conference USA goes to a conference-only schedule for football, with the exception of one non-conference game, which one do you keep? Voting closes less than 10 minutes right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. A few minutes remain on our Twitter poll. If Conference USA goes to a conference-only schedule for football with the exception of one non-conference game, which one do you keep? And right now, it's getting close. It's getting tight. East Carolina catching up. Boise State, East Carolina, is it going to come down to one of these schools? If you are athletic director, if you are Mike Hamrick, which one of these schools do you keep? Well, we'll have the final poll results here in a few minutes, and you still have time to go on Twitter and vote. At Paul Swan is where I'm at. And if you're not following me on Twitter, go ahead and give me a follow as well. I'd really appreciate to have you part of our Twitter social media network. All right. We were talking a little bit about the possibility of not having football this fall because of the uncontrollable college student. I guess that's the best way to put it. You can't control a college kid. You can't. They get to college, and um, I'm, I'm not telling you where I heard this, but I, I have a source that there was a um, one of those online Q&A sessions, Marshall, and I'm not revealing my source, but it's pretty it's it's legit. Someone was asking, hey, if the bars are closed, uh, you know, how um, about the college experience since the bars are closed? R- really? That was that was your concerning question. Um, that's not. Hey, um, what, what's my kid do if they can't enjoy the college uh, experience by going to the bar? Uh, the answer would probably be study. But this is what we're dealing with here. And, of course, West Virginia University making the announcement that 28 players testing positive for COVID-19 since they began testing in June. They saw a huge spike, 19 positives coming up in July. And here's what Shane Lyons said. He was speaking to Sports Illustrated. and He said, And from what we can gather in going back into contact tracing, it appears that it did not happen during their football facility workouts. It's their social activities outside of football that we believe the positive cases occurred. Let me read that to you again. They did the contact tracing. And Shane Lyons said, it appears that it did not happen during their football facility workouts. 
It's their social activities outside of football that we believe the positive cases occurred. Now, Lyons also, in this Sports Illustrated interview, he, he did feel optimistic about having a football season. He also sort of, according to the uh, the article, insinuated that the players understand the ramifications if they don't hold themselves accountable outside of the football facilities. But this goes to my point, how are you going to pull this off? Because these are student-athletes. Are you going to have campus activities done by conference calls, Zoom meetings? Is that telelearning, distance learning? These are all buzzwords. Back when I was a college student, we had satellite uplinks. We actually had television productions for class, and then we uplinked it on the satellite to downlink sites across the state. Now, what you do is you you pull up the Zoom and you connect, and there you go. But you know, Marshall Marshall had distance learning classes. Are we going to do that now for for college? We're going to have classes conducted by Zoom meeting and that prevent the general population for intermingling with each other. Or are we going to have classes? Are we going to have groups of students? In class, will face coverings be mandatory? I'm sure. Face masks, you know, whatever you feel, they're probably going to be mandatory for a long time at Marshall. Is that going to be enough? Or are they going to be hanging out or are they going to be hanging out with their with their, their roommate? What's their roommate doing? Are the roommate going to socialize? I'm not mentioning names, but there are places where you can go and socialize here in Huntington. There are places you can go and and socialize. And so there will be these opportunities to go socialize. And what if your roommate has it? Are you wearing your face coverings with your roommate if, if you're not rooming with an athlete? If, if your roommate's not one of your teammates, how's this going to work? Are you going to isolate these kids? You might have to. You might have to isolate these kids. And can you do that? Can you isolate them and just put them in this strict, for the sake of playing football, do you play football in this strict, confined, regimented schedule? That's why you might have to condense the schedule a little bit. And I'm not saying or insinuating that kids at Marshall don't have the, well, they don't have the empathy to, to realize I got to do the right thing here because again, they're college kids are going to be surrounded by people who are maybe not doing the right thing if there's going to be more interaction. And, and that's the question. How, how do you pull this off? How do you pull this off? And the other question here is the guidelines, NCAA's guidance for playing college football during the pandemic recommends testing players once a week within 72 hours of competition. So Saturday game, we're using Saturday as the uh, standard game. Wednesday would be the soonest athletes would be tested. So we're testing on Wednesday, getting the test back before the game on Saturday. Is that the right time frame? Is that going to be enough? If you test on Wednesday, do you test and isolate? Because between that test on Wednesday... And that game on Saturday, doesn't matter if you test uh, on Wednesday. What you do on Wednesday after the test, Thursday, 
Friday, what happens? You could you could get the virus. And then all of a sudden you're out there on the field, you're competing, and you're spreading it. Maybe you're not spreading it to everybody, but if you're in close contact with a few teammates or if you are you're one of the big guys up front and you know you're constant battle with one of the other big guys on the other team. So you've got a you've got a contact sport here. You have a huge window. Huge. And there's a story on the Associated Press's uh, website about this, um, talking about this, uh, an epidemiologist at Emory University, Zachary Biney, pointing this out, that is this going to be proper? Is this going to be the right way to do this? Do you need to maybe test every other day? Do you need to condense this? Do you need to do some other things? Because the whole point is, all right, a test, I'm going to test, and then... I'm going to quarantine myself. And after I quarantine myself, we're going to wait until I'm clear, right? But I could have it and interact with people. So if I'm if I have it, I'm interacting with my teammates and then I have hey, you're positive and then we all of a sudden we might have to shut this thing down. Or if you're testing every other day, and again, testing is going to be the big issue. Do you have enough tests? You can you process it fast enough? Are you going to be prioritizing? Do football players get prioritized over other people? And a few months ago, you might have been able to get away with this. You might have been able to, if the numbers were down, the numbers and the infection rate were down, if all of this was in a more manageable number, maybe you could do this more in mass. And this isn't just a Marshall problem. This is a college football problem with the fact that testing is going to be so hard to come by if more people are being tested, if the infection rate is up, we have spikes, what we have been seeing, and you have to put these kids on the honor system. I mean, do you put these kids on the honor system? I, I don't think that's going to be enough because, honestly, you're going to have to control their environment, and their environment includes college coursework, if there's going to be actual students on campus. And that's the big question as well. Will there be students on campus? If the question is yes, then you're opening this up a little bit more because you're going to have more opportunity to be in contact with someone who could be asymptomatic, who maybe is not doing everything they should be. Because you're wearing a mask and they're wearing a mask, it doesn't eliminate the possibility of you being infected, but it mitigates. That's a big word, by the way, for those who are not understanding why people are being asked to wear masks. It's not because people are sheep or they are under government control or whatever your conspiracy theories are with your foil tin hats. It's the fact that the masks help mitigate. It's not a cure-all. And if it's not a N95, and I get it, N95 you want those if you're a medical professional, but we don't have access to those because those are for our first responders, our medical professionals. So we wear masks because we're trying to mitigate. We're trying to prevent the spread, and that's a big word. I don't know if they taught that in school. Mitigation. That's what the masks are doing. And so how do you mitigate the potential of catching this virus if you are – 
not locking down these student-athletes? I mean, that's a big question. And I'm hoping that there are plans in place and there are guidelines. And, and these um, these young men, and honestly, we haven't heard of any problems coming out of Marshall. So this isn't, again, a Marshall problem. This is a college athletics problem across the country. But I think those first two or three tests coming back positive right before everyone was brought back on campus for Marshall, I think the fact that you had a couple of those hit – you had some ammunition, you could go in and say, look, you see why we are asking you to do this? Because here are a couple people who didn't have symptoms and they didn't think that they had this and they come up testing positive. And so you wear your mask, you practice social distancing, you do things to mitigate the potential to catch this. And, you know, honestly, I'd be happy not to um, catch the flu this year either. So wear your mask. I've got a poll question we get final results. We'll talk about it, and we'll get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. The Drive coming up here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. We started a poll question yesterday that just wrapped up. Thanks to everyone who voted. We had a great turnout for this, 424 votes. And the final results are in. Let me reset it and tell you what we talked about. The Conference USA schedule right now, it seems to be we're going to wait and see. Nothing has been said that anything's going to change. So we're speculating here. What if Conference USA comes out and makes an announcement that the league is going to go to a conference-only schedule, but there will be an exception allowed because for a lot of these conference schedules, when they're made, I mean, let's be honest. You're making your money on your non-conference. The big money's coming non-conference. You take games that, that will bring in a lot of fans. You take games that are going to have huge payouts. And the question I asked everyone if Conference USA goes to a conference-only schedule for football with the exception of one non-conference game, because the league, if they come out with this, hey, we're only going to go to conference games, but we're going to allow one so you can have an opportunity to make some money outside of conference. Now, Marshall's got four games, two at home, two on the road. Which Marshall game non-conference would you like to see the team keep And it was pretty close, and it came down to the end. Ohio comes in last, 11%. And I don't think that's a knock on Ohio. I mean, there were people who voted for Ohio. I don't think that's a knock on Ohio because the mere fact that you can reschedule that game. That's that's a game you can reschedule. It's it's a nice little rivalry game. They play for the bell. It's it's a quaint little trophy here. Uh, Remember, for a while... I don't think much was being made about the Bell Trophy. I mean, it's it's not it's not the game that you you spend weeks and weeks amping yourself up for. It's a nice rivalry game, though, and so Ohio comes in dead last, and then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's one of the two games that you would have at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Now Pittsburgh came in with twenty three percent of the vote, so a lot of people wanted to see Pittsburgh come in. Now, we don't know. ACC might come out and say, look, we're just going to play conference games only. So that could eliminate Pittsburgh right off the bat. And then you have the two that 
I think mean the most to everyone. And I'm sure there was a little back and forth with a lot of folks. East Carolina and Boise State. Now, East Carolina, there's a lot of things being planned and a lot of symbolism between Marshall and East Carolina, especially for the 50th anniversary of the Marshall Plain tragedy. And so this game was going to have some special meaning, some special significance. The game was even moved up to what is called week zero because of the fact that this game was going to be televised. There was going to be a lot made with this game. There was a lot going to happen. And so a lot of people wanted to see that game, wanted to go to that game. You might not have an opportunity to go to that game because it could be a situation where the game's played, no fans. Same thing could happen here in Huntington. But that game, 30% of you said that if you could keep just one, you want to keep the East Carolina game. Now, that's a road game. 36% of you picked Boise State, and Boise State is the winner, our unscientific poll, 424 votes. You could only vote once unless you have multiple Twitter accounts. Boise State, 36% wanted to see Marshall play that game. Of all the four games, that's the game that meant the most to 36% of you and, of course, the majority of you. Now, keep this in mind. It got 36% of the vote, but East Carolina and Pittsburgh combined got 53% of the vote. So a lot of people wanted to see the other games, and if you throw in Ohio. So it wasn't a runaway win, but for our purposes On the poll question, 36% of you said Boise State was the game. And there's a lot of significance there. It's a a game that's going to draw probably a lot of attention. I think the East Carolina game would be as well. But this will be the game that comes in. If there's fans, you, you get a chance to see. It would have been probably the biggest game on the schedule crowd wise that year. Definitely more so than Pittsburgh. You know, I don't think there would have been a conference game that would have matched it. And if Marshall would have won that game, and if Marshall, just say hypothetical here, Marshall comes into that game undefeated, that's going to mean a lot more. Or if Marshall's got a blemish on their record, maybe they lose one of the first three. They go into the Boise State game, win that, and that springboards them, puts them back into you know, I'm not going to say they're going to have a, a shot at the uh, access bowl, the at-large, but puts them in the conversation. But now, all of that we don't know. But if you had a choice, Boise State would be the game. Now, the question here is, which game do you take? And then this isn't a poll question, but just I'm asking. Does it mean more to you because there's a possibility that you can get to see this game? What if fans are not allowed at Jones C. Edwards Stadium? The game could go on, but the fans aren't going to be allowed. All of a sudden, which game means more to you? Or do they all have equal footing? That's a big question right there. Because the draw for Boise State was the fact that they were coming into Huntington. And it's a TV game. It's going to be a TV game. And if there are no fans, this is going to be more of a television game than ever before. Because they won't be able to accommodate you. You won't have an opportunity to go in and watch this game. And, and there will probably be... Uh, limits on how many people can actually be at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. You're going to have support staff, everyone that needs to be there. And does that mean the media as well? And I only ask that because, well, 
I'm in the media. I work in a media outlet. I work in a radio station. Yeah, do you eliminate most all of that with the exception being you have the broadcast team, you have the television, and will the television announcers, will they be in the in the arena for basketball or will they be at the football stadium for the games? Probably not. You're probably not seeing because you're not seeing that now for Major League Baseball. You're seeing games that are being called with different television setups, remote broadcasting. And it's a thing. It has happened for Marshall games before. It's a thing. And now it might be how you see these games. And it could be the same for the local broadcast, not just the Marshall broadcast for television on ESPN or CBS Sports Network or NFL Network. It could also mean that the ESPN Plus broadcasts are going to be done over at the Henderson Center. They're going to be done remotely. Because that's going to be a way to keep these people away from your student-athletes. Keep them. Because if, if your remote broadcasters get sick and they're away from your football team, your football team doesn't get sick. I mean, that's probably going to be the, the thinking here on that. And, and that's going to – I mean, really, I'm probably going to be – if we do this, there's going to be a Zoom call. Okay, here's um, here's player of the game. Here's a, the Zoom call. Ask your questions. I mean, this could be the way forward. If there's a season, I don't see having a a get-together. I'm not going to be let in the room with the student-athletes while we're in this pandemic because Marshall won't know if I have symptoms or if I'm I'm contagious or you know, probably the other way around. But the whole idea here is to keep them safe. So I think that's where we're going to be. I mean, the fanless college games in New York, this could be opening the door for where we're going here in the next few weeks. Okay, we're going to be able to have these games, but you can't have fans. And I think that would be the better compromise than to say we're going to not have these games at all, at least if if you can prove that you can keep these student-athletes safe. And, And you've seen with different attempts at sports, you're learning still. NASCAR has been able, and again, we're talking apples and oranges. The basketball tournament, again, apples and oranges. Is that going to be the method for college? And that's another question here, college basketball. We haven't even got to that point yet. Are we going to have arenas that are empty? Are we going to quarantine basketball players and keep them away from the student population, the general population? Those are big questions that we need to answer, but that's where we're at right now with unfortunately, today's COVID-19 world. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everyone checked in. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, We'll have a new poll question tomorrow. We'll come up with another one probably on the spot tomorrow during the program. But you never know. We might have something up for you early. But find me on Twitter. Follow me there. I appreciate all the new follows. At Paul Swan is where you can find me on Twitter. Don't forget, you can find the program also on Facebook. Just search The Drive with Paul Swan, and you'll be able to join the Facebook page. You might even be able to join the Facebook group. Let's get that started. we got a Facebook group we're trying to get started as well. So uh, looking forward to seeing all of you on Facebook and on Twitter. For our producer, Spencer Dupuis, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.